Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and t shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, I'm Josh Hallam and you are listening to Just Films and That. This is the podcast where we celebrate films we think are underrated, underseen, or we just wanted to talk about them. This week's film is Spice World from 1997, so let's see what we think. Alice. Yes, Josh. All the colours of the world. <laughs> Sorry, I was too late. I wasn't fast enough. I did no, watch the film, I promise. <laughs> um, Spice World. Yes. Spoilers, if you've not seen the film Spice World from 1997, what is it about, Alice, and why did you pick it? So Spice World is a musical comedy from the 90s, and the film stars the group, the Spice Girls, and follows them as they prepare for their first ever live gig at London's Royal Albert Hall. But a lot happens between the opening of the film and them getting to the gig, which their manager Clifford, played by Richard E. Grant, is trying to navigate. He's basically trying to keep them on track, keep them all safe and in one piece so they can be ready for the gig. But so much happens in between them preparing for the gig and getting to the gig. Shenanigans. Absolute shenanigans. It's it's a non-stop 90 minutes of, you know, (laughs) just tomfoolery from the Spice Girls. Um, That's it at its essence. So the reason I picked this one is I do think it's underrated. Huge Spice Girls fan back Mm. in the day, you know, still have a soft spot for them. I don't know how you could be, you know, a young girl growing up in the 90s Mm. in the UK and not be obsessed with them. I was obsessed, especially with Jerry, my fellow Ginge. I don't know if she's a real (laughs) Ginge, but it's fine. She was still Ginger Spice. Um, The reason that I picked it now was that uh, obviously recently we lost Meatloaf and this had quite a this had quite a profound effect on a lot of people. I'm not super familiar with Meatloaf's career, mm. you know, not super familiar with his songs. I knew he was in Rocky Horror Picture Show and I knew he was in Spice World. Mm. And it had been on my list anyway and I was like, right, I'll do this for the Meatloaf fans and for the Spice Girls fans. Mm. We'll mm. have a little look at his finest piece of work. I think in a Venn diagram of fans, there's much crossover between Meatloaf and Spice this. Girls. We are going to bring you all together, guys. When this two is become what one, Meatloaf fans oh, and Spice it. Girls fans, it. together at last. <laughs> at last. This is what they've been waiting for. <laughs> um, so, I was quite excited to do this one, to be honest with have, you. So let's get stuck into it. Have you seen it, Josh? So, I'd, it's one of those films I don't, I don't know. I've definitely okay. seen yeah. bits of it. Mm-hmm. I I think I've seen it before because I was having deja vu all the way through it. Okay, um, yeah. but I was really interested to watch this one because obviously the Spice Girls were such a phenomenon. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. other than the Beatles, don't think many other bands artists touched them for the level of 
of hugeness. It can't, I don't think it can be understated what a phenomenon they were in the 90s because yeah. they were all swept up in Cool Britannia and all that, which we'll come mm -hmm. on to. So you've rewatched the film. I've watched the film. Let's get stuck into it. What did you like about the film? So you know what? I actually liked a heck of a lot about the film and a lot more than I thought I would. But the best thing about this film is Richard E. Grant. <laughs> so his character, his performance, all of it, I just think is absolutely brilliant. So I've got a bit of a funny... Um, a kind of a funny thing with Richard E. Grant. So I, I wasn't like super familiar with him like, you know, years and years ago. I knew that he was in Spice World and I loved him there. But I was kind of indifferent to him. And then he was in Game of Thrones. Mm. And the character he played in Game of Thrones was really irritating. And the storyline that he was involved in in Game of Thrones was really, really bad. So like my estimations of him went down a little bit. And then obviously he was in Star Wars, in the, mm. in the, the terrible Star Wars of which we do not speak its name. And he did that awful social media video where he was talking about how amazing it was and was basically in tears because this Star Wars film was so good, even though we know it's not. So that really annoyed me as well. So I was like, right, let's go back. Let's see what Richard E. Grant is getting up to. And I just think he's brilliant in this. He's got great comic timing. He's got some great facial expressions. He's just got a great performance. So he plays Clifford, who's the Spice Girls manager. Um, yeah, so he is the, the best thing about it for me. Other than that, the whole package, the whole thing, it's just fun, it's wacky, it sometimes dives into the absurd. It looks absolutely brilliant. The props, the costume, it's all bright colours and it's all a bit out there. Mm. They uh, they sort of drive around on this bus, on their tour bus, even though they're not really touring. It's just kind of where they use to sort of house themselves, isn't it? They seem and to the be interior, living on a bus. They live on the bus, I guess. <laughs> like the Teletubbies, right? not the Teletubbies, who am I thinking of? Like a it children's TV character, like... Yeah. Living in Who one place, in don't bus? they? Yeah, yeah. But it, it, they're in this bus, like, for a lot of the film. And the interior design of the bus is brilliant. Um, <laughs> and there's lots of, like, different props and, like, different costume choices and that to highlight the different girls and their different kind of personalities and interests or what the public believe their mm, personalities yeah. and interests to be, isn't it? Because yeah. they do say, like, they don't want to be seen as stereotypes, you know, sporty yeah. spices. Like, do I Based have to be on, on their, an exercise yeah. bike all the time? And Based all this? on their nickname sort of thing, isn't it? Exactly, exactly. Um, there's a brilliant photo shoot sequence. I don't know if you remember this, where they're sort of doing promo <laughs> yeah. photos for the for the gig and stuff, and they're all dressing up in all different kinds as of outfits. As each other, they're all dressing up as each other. Head, dress up as each other, yeah, yeah which I just think is yeah. brilliant. That my favourite is when Mel C dresses up as Danny and Emma Bunton dresses up as Sandy oh, yeah. from Greece. Uh, Greece. They look amazing. <laughs> um, so just so much effort gone into the way it looks, into the hair, into the costume. It's all brilliant. It does also seem to, it takes the piss out of itself, I mm. think. I think mm. one of the reasons that maybe it didn't do so well and that I do think it's underrated, people gave it a bit of a hard time, was because in terms of films and, you know, movie-going experiences, it's not amazing and it's not flawless. Mm. But I don't think it's trying to be. And it no, does so take the piss out of itself. So it's one of the things I meant to mention earlier when I was talking about how I'd seen it before. One of the things I knew about it was that it's famously got a, it was panned by the critics. Yeah. I, I knew it got a tough time when it came out, um, which which we'll come on to later on. But, you know, you are right. It's quite meta. It's quite self-referential. And I think, I think, personally for me, it's got its tongue well in its cheek. Oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Well, you've got... Um... You've got a moment where they're rehearsing, aren't they, for the gig? And they're rehearsing with Jules Holland. Oh, my God. We'll get on to the cast and the cameos <laughs> shortly. So Jules Holland is there. And they do, like, a rendition of one of their songs or whatever. And he says something like, 
great girls, that was brilliant, without actually being any good and, and stuff like that. And there's like a post-credit sequence where Richard E. Grant is on the phone to someone, maybe his agent or someone talking about doing the film. Mm. And he's like, oh, am I really going to do this? This is career suicide and stuff like this. <laughs> so I feel like it does, it knows what it is and it yeah. almost knows how people are going to perceive it. Um I think it's quite funny in places. I think you get some moments of humour from the girls themselves, but a lot of the comedy comes from the people around them and the situations mm. that are happening around them. You've got so many different, like, threads of narrative and action going on, haven't you? You've got uh, the documentary crew that are following them around, trying to create this documentary, yeah. you know, about the Spice Girls and about girl power and all this. You've got some studio execs who are trying to pitch a film about the Spice Girls and, and everything that they're going through. You've got these, like, horrible, slimy vultures at the newspaper who are trying to bring them down mm. and tear them apart. And, you know... Um, take stuff that they've said out of context and take incriminating photos of them and all this. And there's just a lot of this going on. Like, there's lots yeah, of different yeah. things happening. A lot and of threads it, in there, isn't there? There is, yeah. And some of it's told, you get some bits uh, told kind of through flashback and you get some, like, dreamlike sequences, these, like you know, interpretations of things that may or may not happen. Like one of their friends is having a baby. So then they imagine themselves as mums and you get to sort of see that play out and stuff. Um. I think there's a lot to like in there, Josh, yeah. I'll be honest. Mm. Mm. Uh, what about you? What are some of the things that you feel uh, were positive about the film? It's difficult to talk about because it's it's such a moment in time around the Spice Girls as a cultural phenomenon and all that. So I think I want to talk about it as two separate things. As a film and as a product around a wider context and subject matter. So mm -hmm. in terms of what did I like about the film, well... The songs are iconic, you know, I've got a lot of nostalgia for that time. It was quite nice to be reminded of Cool Britannia and Girl Power and all that time, you know, because we both were, well, like seven or eight when this came out. So it was, I do, mm -hmm. I do remember it coming out. I do remember the Spice Girls. I do remember what a huge, uh, what a huge deal it was at the time. Like I said before, I like the fact it's quite meta. I think it's tongues in its cheek. I think the cameos are good. I mean, you've got everyone in there from, from Elton John through to Jennifer Saunders, Michael Barrymore. There's loads of them, well, I'm sure you've let's got. Well, Roger Moore, Elvis Roger Costello, Moore. Jules yeah. Holland, Bob Geldof, Jason Fleming, Hugh Stephen Laurie. Fry, yeah. like Hugh Laurie. Like, yeah. it goes on and on yeah. and on. Yeah. Every other face in this was someone. you got Barry Humphreys playing the most... The, the most poorly disguised dig at Rupert Murdoch I've ever seen in a film before. Oh, I before. know, yeah. Brilliant, though, but brilliant. And I, I, think, I think sort of touches like that do elevate it a little bit and show that it's a little bit more intelligent than perhaps yeah. it seems on surface level. So, so there's two ways I'm looking at this, and it's quite I'm quite conflicted. But on one hand, if you look at it, it is, it is a product. It is the Spice Girls as a capitalist product, and they're just pushing that. But on the other hand, if you look at it, actually, it's quite a good parody in a way. It's mm -hmm. it, I, I can't make up my mind on it. So I think you've got some really good daft jokes in there, like about, you know, there's, there's, there's things about every time the American guys pitch a story to their manager, Richard E. Grant, they, you see a cutaway of what it'll look like as a mm -hmm. film. I think that's quite funny. Some of the stuff you've said there where they're all on their phones at the end credits and they're breaking the fourth wall and they're, they're not playing the characters, they're the actors. So it's not just Richard E. Grant. All of them are talking. Like Alan Cummins is obviously Scottish, isn't he? And he plays an yeah. English character. He's like, oh, they yeah, want me yeah. to drop my Scottish accent and all that. Um, it's good to see like celebrities send themselves up and stuff like that. Um, mm -hmm. 
and there's some just there's some really daft jokes in there that I found funny about like um is there a joke about Jennifer Saunders and she's at a party and she's talking about manta rays. Yeah, yeah. So and she um, thinks it's a, a brand Victoria, and they're talking about the yeah, fish. Victoria thinks it's a yeah, clo- a clothing line. Yeah, because Victoria goes to it. She's like, "What do you think about manta rays?" Yeah. And then Jennifer Saunders is like, "Oh yes, love love manta ray. These shoes are manta ray. This jacket's manta ray, yeah. and all this." Yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so there's some really good jokes in there, and ultimately, I think another thing I want to draw attention to is it's not for me. <laughs> this is for if this is written at a moment in time where the Spice Girls are the biggest thing in the in the on the planet, it's written for Spice Girls fans. I mean, now, it was for me. Yeah, I cannot and tell you how much I exactly, loved this film when exactly. I was a kid. Yeah. And I'm not not a Spice Girls fan. I I fondly mm-hmm. remember them, but it was ultimately girl power, and it was such mm-hmm. a. I think it was such a. I think I think it can't be understated how impactful and important it probably was at the time, along with the wider context of Cool Britannia and, you know, New Labour and all that. And, you know, I'm, I'm sure the, the, the people got many different opinions of m- lots of different things at the time. But the Spice Girls are something I think most people, especially of our age, maybe a little bit older as well, remember really fondly. And this definitely mm-hmm. captures a certain moment in time, which is chock full of nostalgia. Oh, yeah, definitely. Completely agree. And for me as well, I can't, like you said, they're obviously about it being, it's a capitalist vessel to, you know, to sell the Spice Girls, to sell them, their image, their songs Mm. or whatever. But because of how old I was when I see it, I obviously didn't absorb it that way. No. So then when I was watching it this time around, I didn't really absorb it that way again. Like I just saw it as like this fun, exciting, colourful, just, you know, oh, it's almost like, it's so chaotic in a way that it's like fan fiction. Yeah. Oh, and then the Spice Girls did this and then they met some aliens and then they were in a film and all this. And we will come on to this, but I read some of the critical reception, not the scores, but I read Mm -hmm. some of the reviews because I knew it was already poorly reviewed. I mm-hmm. thought, I wonder what they did say. And one, a couple of them, I felt like sort of going, you've missed the point. Mm-hmm. You've taken it too seriously and you've, and you've taken it, not, I don't know, maybe too literally. Like I saw mm-hmm. one of them was, was I think it was Roger Ebert, and I normally agree a lot with, with Roger. I mean, I know he's passed away now, but any of, review, of his reviews I've seen in the past, I normally agree with them. But one of them, he said something along the lines of, because it's the, the, the most comparable thing to this film before this would have been A Hard Day's Night. Mm. which is obviously the Beatles film or, you know, other Beatles films like Help or maybe some of the films. Well, I would I would say some of the films with Elvis in, but he's one guy versus a band. So I think it's it's different, isn't it? So let's take A Hard Day's Night as something that was, it was inevitably going to be compared to at the time. And he said something like, well, the Beatles were all incredibly talented musicians and let's face it, these five women could be interchangeable. And right. I thought, that's not reviewing the film. You just mm. don't like the Spice Girls. Yeah. Like, yeah. get your head out your ass a little bit and look at the film as a film. But I think you've got, I think if you're looking at a film, you've got to contextualize it. If we're, we've done plenty of films that are for kids, like All Dogs Go to Heaven or whatever, you can't go in as a 20 something, 30 something, whatever person and be like, well, you know, this, 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 because you've got to try and look at it within the context of what it's intended for. You could take something like a, a Marvel film and say, well, it's just formulaic because they're all the mm-hmm. same. Yeah, they are, but they mean so much to the people who like them. And that's, mm-hmm. that is what's important. So I think it's important to acknowledge. Yeah. You can point things about, out about a film that you like and don't like, but I think it's important to acknowledge you might not be the intended audience. And that is just okay. Well, and I think that's what makes us different kinds of film critics. Like, just because we don't think something is highbrow or we didn't enjoy something or you can see that maybe, you know, the script is lacking or there's no story depth or or whatever, 
But you you take, yeah, that's exactly what you said. You take it as as if you were the intended audience. Like when we watched, like when we watched like The Great Dictator or, or mm. some of the classic films, you put yourself or you try and sort of take yourself back in time and be like, imagine being someone at the cinema watching mm. this film at that time. And that's where the power comes from. Because if you were to compare it to films that were made today, Obviously it's shit. Obviously it looks yeah, rubbish and the, and the continuity is bad and the sound is bad. Obviously it is because of look where we are in terms of film industry and the technology that we have. So yeah, now I, I think it's a very cynical way to look at films and that's not what we're about here, is it, Josh? It's not. The funniest moment in this film for me and something that just really, really stands out is towards the end when uh, Richard E. Grant's character, Sir Clifford, isn't sure if the girls are going to turn up for the gig, right, for their first ever live show at the Royal Albert Hall. <laughs> so instead, to, to sort of appease the audience or whatever, so he's backstage and the documentary film crew are filming him, he goes, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go out onto the stage and hang myself. And he's holding a noose in his hand. And I was like, whoa, what the hell? It just took a bit of a turn there. But oh my God, it's just so funny. And he just plays it so straight. And oh gosh, it is I funny. saw that was a brilliant moment. You've got a lot of actors in this just chewing the absolute shit out of the scenery and mm. looking like they're having quite a good time doing it. Yeah, I think it's so. Like, it's I got so. panto vibes. Oh, definitely, definitely. Everything's big, everything's theatrical, everyone overreacts to everything. Yeah. And it, but instead of it being annoying, oh, I just loved it, you know? I had such a great time. Let's move on to talk about things that we might change about this film. This is going to be tricky for you, I know, because you've got a lot of childhood affection for this film. But mm -hmm. is there anything? Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, 
You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. So, I mean, ultimately, no, there isn't anything that I would change about this film. There are a few things that I'll bring up now in terms of dislikes or things that maybe yeah, could have been right. handled a bit differently. So it is chaotic. Mm. Like, we jump from one thing to the next. Like, you know, narratively. We've got, oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's just yeah. a bit all over the place. Like, we've got a pregnant best friend, and then we've got two kids that have won a competition, and then we've got <laughs> aliens, and then they go and do a gig in Spain, and then they go to dance camp. And, like, it's it's so chaotic that everything, everything does stay at a superficial level. Yeah. And if that doesn't bother you, great. This is the film for you. Have a great time. But if you're looking for something deep and meaningful, mm. this ain't it. Um, I, if you could, don't I completely like... agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's you... narratively all over the place, isn't it? And, it um, is, yeah. And it's it's almost, it, it, it reminded me of like, you know when Comic Relief does a, does a sketch and they weave right, it in yes. and out of the story? Yeah, so like, and it's like, who can we get? Let's yeah, get this famous person. It reminded and that me of that. Person. Or it reminded me of like, mm-hmm. did you ever watch SMTV Live? Oh, did I watch yeah. SMTV Live? The greatest, hey, the greatest kids the TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it reminded me of like when they would do that, but they would do it throughout the course of the whole program. They'd just keep going like, yep. let's see what's going on back at the yep. Spice yep. Girls house totally, or whatever. Totally. That's what it reminded me of, but in a film. So I can understand why you might look at this and go, what? The, the alien bit. Mm. I was like, am I having an out-of-body experience? Yeah. Like, so I, my sort of in-depth you know, analysis of that was, is that to try and show that they are so famous yeah. that they extend the you know, beyond the yeah. galaxy, yeah. that yeah. sort of thing? That's, that's what I read into that. But then also it was kind of like, because Richard E. Grant thinks that maybe they're just a bit exhausted. So yeah. then maybe it was like a bit of a fever dream as yeah, well, like happen? a shared yeah. mania. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and just in case you haven't seen the film, is the Pope a Catholic is something that Jerry says in the film. And that is really something that I would say. But obviously, I had to say it at that time because, you know, comedy. <laughs> uh, what else? What else? What else? Uh, so if you don't like the Spice Girls, you ain't going to like this. I don't yeah, think. That's, yeah, that's, it's a tough sell, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> if so you don't you, like the Spice Girls. Yeah. So if you, you're isolating a huge chunk of the audience there. And I think... I think that maybe that would maybe make it a little bit underseen as well. Mm. Because not only if you're not a fan of the Spice Girls, but maybe if you weren't a fan back then. Mm. I know that they still do the odd thing now. Like, I I think they still went on tour and that. But I don't think they're gaining any new fans. Or I wouldn't have thought they are. No, it's all nostalgia, isn't it? It's similar with other bands that are are like, you know, you still see bands from the 80s still touring. Like mm. Tears for Fears or the Human League, and you think that are they getting new fans, or mm-hmm. are people of the certain age going? I just want to see the Human League because I want to hear, yeah. I want to hear the hits or, or or whatever. And I think it's like that. It's it's similar, I suppose, with like Take That or mm-hmm. other bands like that. So I know what you mean. Although it's funny you say that because it was quite a hit, wasn't it? Like financially, I think it was quite. I think it did quite well in terms of like relatively speaking. Yeah, yeah, when it was released, yeah. Mm. Um, and the the final thing, but again, this didn't really bother me that much, is the Spice Girls can't act. Yeah. And, you know, they, they are the main characters, uh, but, you know, they can't act. Uh, yeah. So it just, again, it, it adds to the uh, quite superficial mm. feeling of the whole thing, I think. But you know what? Apart from that, I really, like, I just loved it, you know. Yeah. I had such a good time watching it. I enjoyed it so much more than I thought I would. It was funnier than I thought mm. it would. And it was actually, in places, 
a lot more intelligent than I think I gave yeah. her credit for. And mm. um, what about you? Are you gonna are you gonna shit all over me, Josh? No, no, <laughs> no, not necessarily. No. So, so <laughs> I agree with a lot of what you've said there. A lot of that echoes what I've got in my notes as well. It's narratively, it's a mess. So even things like in terms of exposition, their friend who's pregnant shows up, and it doesn't even say who she is and i know what is that what is that about it's who, who, such a weird vessel it is, for isn't it? a narrative it's, and, isn't it it's and so I, and weird I, and I, but then what there is what i do like about it is there is an emotional payoff at the end so mm. she obviously has the baby mm-hmm. and there's this whole thing of well now that is girl power yeah. having a baby yeah, yeah, and i like yeah. that i thought that was a really nice emotional beat but at first i was like who's this is this yeah is this their friend is it someone they know is it someone who works for them who who is it and i know you know show don't tell but i could have done with a little bit of like something to just explain who she is to then i think and i think that would have increased the emotional payoff at the end as well but yeah so narratively it is all over the place you've got like you say it's it's almost like a sketch it's a series of comic mm-hmm. relief style sketches um so there probably needs to be more of an actual story to to take you through a little bit there like you're saying okay they, they can't act they're not very good at acting they're not they're not completely awful but there are mm-hmm. bits so it's like you can just get you just going you're not an actor like yeah. it's quite, it's and, quite they're not, and, and they're not, not and they're not and they're, and they're not. not yeah um i suppose being cynical does and this is the other side of the coin is are, is it ultimately they are a product and this is there to make money and is it a case of are they too wrapped up in the Spice Girls brand and making them look good that they didn't bother to actually put in place a story? You know, are they selling their audience short a little bit by going, we know you're going to pay to come and see it, so it doesn't fucking matter what we put in the film. So I, so yeah. there is a cynicism in me that says yeah. there might be a little element to that in it, but you got to weigh it up against the actual wider context. And that's what I'm saying. So for me, ultimately, it, it's flawed in its execution the main issues being the narrative structure and the actual script is quite hammy. It's quite cheesy. But I think it's, I think the important question for me is this. Would I, watching this as a young girl, feel empowered? Would it want to make me be a, a would it make me want to be a Spice Girl? And I think you can ignore the cynicism around this being a product-based, money-making, you know, machine to push the Spice Girls brand and think, actually, there's a lot. And I, and I think it's important to note this. There is a lot of bullshit around what young girls and teenage girls like. And I think we mm-hmm. are predetermined to laugh at that and say what, it, what they like is rubbish. And if you look at what teenage boys like, it isn't the same. It doesn't get the same mm-hmm. treatment in the, in the public eye, in the zeitgeist, whatever you want to call it. You know, people do, if young boys like, you know, supposed to like football and that's cool and they're supposed to like other sport and that's cool and other but you know they might like action films and that's cool whereas, race cars and formula yeah, one and whereas what young girls like it's i still think and it is better than it was certainly in the 90s but there is still predecisions of, of everything you like is is shit mm-hmm. it's like oh you like one mm-hmm. direct i know this is an outdated reference but one direction oh they're rubbish well actually yeah. you're making that assumption because uh, around stereotype really and I think it's important to notice that that for me, at the end, you know, they come out on stage and they sing Spice Up Your Life. And I think it's quite a good moment. It's a good curtain call ending, which I really like. And I think it's really important to note that they do a, they, they do a good job in this 
of showing female characters being friends, being strong, being empowered, being together. You know, there's a bit where Richard E. Grant, and he's flustered all the way through the film, and he comes rushing in and he yes, says something yeah. like, the papers are saying this, and one of them just goes, I don't care what the papers are saying. Yeah. And I think yeah, I, yeah. Th I think it's quite important to note that in, in mm. the film. I think it's quite important to note that there is a good message in there. So, yes, the script feels like a sort of, it feels like a mixture between Cobbett Relief and Panto, and it's a bit mm. rubbish in places, and it's a bit all over the place. But ultimately, I, I think it's doing what it's trying to do. And I know I've said I'm trying to look at it, you know, one hand I'm cynical, one hand I appreciate the message, but actually you can't have one without the other. Mm -hmm. So if by creating something that makes money, you can also help young women feel empowered, is that is that a decent payoff? I'd say it probably is, yeah. And like you're saying, if there was, there's nothing like that sort of since the Beatles, like the Beatles was the first thing and that. It's like, right, so we've had the, the men doing it and they, yeah. they had however many films and, and you know, um, like TV things, like there was so much focus on them for mm. decades and decades. And then finally in 1997, the girls got a taste of that as well. Yeah, exactly. And that's important. It is important. Mm. Okay, so let's move on to having a little look at the critical reception. It's going to be interesting, I think. <laughs> mm. um, now, I've already alluded to the fact that I know it didn't do very well, but I've managed to avoid the scores. So, oh, it's difficult. Throw a guess at me, it's Josh. Difficult. I'm going to say it's like, it's low. It's like four mm. out of ten or something like that, maybe. Yeah, no, Joff, I'm going to say, I'm going to say four out of ten. Could be lower. Well, I'll tell you what it is, Josh, but you're pretty, like, if you're going to average it out, you're pretty much bang on, let's be honest. Uh, so on IMDb at the time recording, it got 3.6. And over on Rotten Tomatoes, the audience gave it 45%. And then the critics gave it 36%. So exactly the same on IMDb mm. and the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Um, some of the reviews I saw weren't too mean and it was a bit you know uh pointing out issues like you said in the plot in the script but that yeah. overall if you like the spice girls then you will enjoy this yeah but i think for a lot of people and especially for a lot of people critiquing film or who enjoy cinema as a medium of enjoying entertainment just it having the spice girls in it probably isn't enough so uh i i do believe that's underrated I think the 45% is is sort of adequate. I would obviously give it a little bit more just because mm. I did love the film as a kid and I still enjoy it now. This isn't one that I saw as a kid. Now I'm re-watching and going, oh, actually, this is rubbish. What was I thinking? I'm so glad I've matured. Like, I still really enjoyed it. I mm. still thought it was great. Um, and I think it's a little bit underseen as well. I don't know about you, Josh, but I found this really difficult to get hold of yeah, when I, I was I trying to watch it. I I wonder if many people are checking it out now. Well, I don't think so. It makes me think, A, that maybe the people who made it want to forget that it ever existed, mm. which I think is very sad. Um, I can't remember what the B was. <laughs> it makes me think. Well, it makes me think that doesn't matter. I can't remember what the B was. Maybe it was Mel B. Hey, um, but that also I did read somewhere online as well that someone was looking to buy it. They wanted to buy it on DVD, and they could only find it somewhere for like sixty dollars. And this was in America so, as well. It's hard to get and they of. couldn't find it anywhere else. So yeah, I think that, so... that's a little bit odd. Where is it? Why isn't it everywhere? 
Yeah, Tell no, me, I, someone. I, I, I think you're right. I think I. Th- I mean, for me, I'm going to say it's 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 underrated because I I understand yeah. the flaws with it as a film, right? Mm-hmm. And I understand the whole thing of if you don't like the Spice Girls, you're not going to enjoy it. But if you don't like the Spice Girls, you're not going to watch it. No, and I think yeah, you're you're not the intended audience. You're not the yeah. desired audience. I it's don't very even much think... a product. Yeah, and but I, I don't even think it would have been made to get people into the Spice Girls. No, it's I, it not. It literally feels it's like for it's for them. people who already love the Spice Girls to love them yeah, even more. Yeah, it's the same right? as it's the same as a Hard Day's Night. It's the same as um, the Justin Bieber one that pop star takes the mick out of. It is for those fans. It's for a specific. <laughs> what is it with me and the musical know, comedies? Yeah. Eh? Um, <laughs> it's for those the fans of that specific artist. Mm. Um, it's not, you know, you're not scrolling through streaming services and you might see films that, are, you know, other films we've done and go, oh, what's that about? Oh, stick that on. Let's watch that. You know, you mm. might look at In the Heart of the Sea and look at the cast and look at the story and go, oh, yeah, that sounds good. Put that on. Mm-hmm. If you don't like the Spice Girls, you're going straight past Spice World, the same way you would go past the Paw yeah. Patrol movie or the same the way you would go past a film that is, it is not for you. It is not a broad mm-hmm. appeal it is a narrow appeal and that's the whole mm-hmm. point so i think for the reasons i've said it is it is underrated because because there is no way of almost rating it because unless you can go i'm a spy skills fan and this is my issue with it so that mm. I, it, it's underrated i think it's underrated and i agree it's underseen as well yes fever forever i'll be waiting <laughs> everlasting like the sun Well, there we go. I didn't see that coming, listeners. But Spice World is underrated and underseen. And, Thank and, you very and much, Josh. Enjoyed. Yes, and enjoyed. enjoyed. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. Um, so I don't know how you're going to top that, quite frankly, Josh. But tell us, what are we going to be watching next week? Next week, a little bit of a different flavour. We are going to be watching okay. and talking about a film called Equilibrium. Okay. And I will okay. say no more about it. Oh, right. Yeah, there we yeah. go. Equilibrium next so, week. Yes, listeners. indeed. So, yes, join us next week when we're going to be talking about Equilibrium. Um, in the meantime, if you'd like to get in touch with us, it's filmsandthatpod at gmail.com. We're on all the social medias if you just search for just films and that pod. And you'll find us. We're also on your telly box, aren't we, Alice? We are indeed. So every Friday from 6pm on the local TV network, you can find us in Birmingham, Bristol, the North East, Liverpool or Leeds. That's on Channel 7 on Freeview. Or if you live in North Wales or South Wales, you can find us on Channel 8 on Freeview. We're also on Channel 195 on Sky. That's every Friday from 6pm on your local TV channel. You just can't get enough of us. (laughs) So yes, join us next week. We're going to be talking about equilibrium. Until then, thank you very much for joining me, Alice Oliver as ever. Oh, it was a pleasure, Josh, and thank you. It's goodbye from me. Cheerio. Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello 
Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.